Welcome back inside our Huskers Radio Network podcast. I'm Jessica Cootie. We continue our series of getting to know the Nebraska newcomers on our various sports. And we're going to continue with Husker volleyball today. And in the hot seat, we have freshman setter Bergen Riley. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. How's the summer going? It's good. It's been busy, full of trips. Obviously, we were in Brazil for two and a half weeks and then got back and got back to conditioning right away. So it was lots of fun. We had a lot of bonding time, a good bonding experience, and just seeing the world a little bit. And now we're happy to be back and just working again. You know, a lot of freshmen get here around this time, and they're trying to figure things out. But you guys have all been here now for, what, six months. How helpful was that to come early and, and kind of get a feel and get to go through a beach season and, and get a feel for what, what it's all like here? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, we've all talked about that. We just can't even imagine just getting here right now. Like, we've already learned so much. We've grown so much, and we've just gotten to know the team so much better. And so it's a huge advantage just to have a couple extra months under our belts. What are the summer workouts like right now? Um, so we start at 7 every morning. We warm up, we go on the field, do some agility, do some sprints, and then we have our heavy lifts on Mondays and Tuesdays and then our more explosive lifts on Thursdays and Fridays. And then after that, we always have what's called two points better. And so it's just a little conditioning thing just so we can get ourselves just two points ahead of our competition. What are your personal goals this summer? Um, I think just a lot of goals in the weight room. I mean, I never really was super big into weights in high school. I lifted and did all that stuff, but just like improving my vertical, getting those squat and hand clean numbers up is definitely a big thing for me. Well, I always like to ask all the newcomers uh, about the recruiting story. So <laughs> take me back through that and, and why, I mean, you're the number one center in the country, could have gone anywhere in the country, why Nebraska felt like the right fit for you. Yeah, so I honestly was pretty under the radar until probably my freshman or sophomore year, just being from South Dakota, playing for a small club, all that. So I was never really super highly sought after it when people were starting to get recruited in eighth grade. I had a couple calls, but nothing crazy. Um, and then obviously it all just stopped until my sophomore year. And so I was just kind of going through it kind of blind, not really knowing, just because there wasn't a lot of people ahead of me that had gone through it through my club. And um, it's kind of funny, because whenever anybody would ask me, like my top five, I would tell them whoever it was, and I never said Nebraska. I was like, I don't want to go to Nebraska. Like, I don't know why. I just said I did not want to go to Nebraska. And then just a couple weeks before the June 15th date, I came down to a setting camp and fell in love instantly. I just, I kind of knew I had to be here. Um, at that point, I had just met the coaches and there were a couple players there, but it wasn't, it was more the coaches and just kind of getting to interact with them. And then June 15th came, they offered me and originally I was like, I'm gonna take all five official visits. I wanna take my time. I'm not gonna know until like October. And then I came to Dream Team and I was like, I can't risk losing this position. I can't let anybody else have this. And so I committed. Wow. And it was history. Wow. It's, it's, it's always interesting because it's so different, right? I mean, yeah. there are some people that's always, always Nebraska, but then mm -hmm. it took you a minute to figure that out. That's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. How did you get into being the elite setter that you are? What goes into that throughout a lifetime of playing volleyball? Yeah. Um, honestly, it's just a lot of reps. That's kind of all you can do with setting is you don't really need anything other than a ball and maybe a target. Um, and I think that that 
was kind of the mindset I always had was I don't need to be at practice to be getting reps. Like I can just go on a wall. I can, my sister's also a setter, which was a huge advantage for me because during COVID when everything was shut down and just a lot of different times where I probably wouldn't have been in the gym, I could just set with her. We could go out in the driveway, get a ball and just do a bunch of setting workouts. And so I think honestly, just reps on reps is what got me here. And then my sister played a huge part in that too. Just always following in her footsteps and just kind of following her lead and ultimately got me here. I was going to ask you, Reagan, right? Yes. And she's at South Dakota State? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, what impact she had in, in your career? You got to play high school together for mm -hmm. a little bit, but how important was she in the athlete you became? Yeah, she was huge. Just in everything I did, I always wanted to be her. And I started volleyball because of her. I became a setter because of her. Like, I probably would have been a hitter because I was always the tallest in my class. Like, even in club, I was the second tallest on my team. And um, so, yeah, I just kind of always wanted to follow in her footsteps. And like I said, we always would train together. We would go in early to practice together during COVID. We got a million reps together because there was nothing else we could do. And so, yeah, I just I don't think I'd be where I was without her. How much did she help you too? Because I mean, I can imagine it's so overwhelming the process, but having an older sister that you could mm -hmm. talk to that, that is a little bit familiar with all that you're going through. Yeah, it was a huge help because she was honestly the reason that I decided that I was going to commit that fast because she took a little more time, but she was like, ultimately I just knew and I had a gut feeling and she was like, I, you just have to trust your gut. And my gut said to go to Nebraska. And so I just did it. And she was like, if your gut tells you, it's going to be right. You know, Coach Cook always schedules a game that kind of has ties to the teams. Mm -hmm. Are you pushing for that? Are you pushing yep. to maybe get to play the sister? Yeah, so he's already talked to her coach a couple times. We were going to try this year, but the schedules didn't work out. So I think we're going to fit in next year. Oh, how cool would that be to get to be on the same court again? Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm hoping it does work out because, like you said, we got to play three years of high school together. And those were some of the best years of volleyball that I've ever played. And so um, I'd be... I'd be happy to get one more game on the same court. You won three state titles, right? And the first one with her that you won, how special was that to win a state title with her? Yeah, it was so special. It was her senior year. It was like kind of the year of COVID, like after. So there was a bunch of restrictions on fans and all that. And so it didn't really feel like she got her perfect senior season, but we went undefeated. And then at state, they let all spectators in. And so it was just a huge turnout, huge crowd. And um, it was a lot of fun just because we did go undefeated. And so everyone was rooting against us. And um, we ultimately just pulled our team together and we said, hey, like, this is what we've trained for. And we got it done. Oh, that's awesome. Well, obviously, the setter is a huge position here right uh, at Nebraska what's it been like working with someone like Nicklin Hames who's now made the transition from being a player to a coach yeah it's it's so cool because you can just see exactly what coach wants in a setter and Kelly and Nicklin both mm -hmm. tell you exactly what that is and so it's so helpful because we're not just hearing it just from coach we're also hearing it from setters that have gone through it and they know exactly how it's done hear a lot of the comparisons with the quarterback and, and a lot of that time that you spend with your outside hitters, kind of like mm -hmm. quarterbacks and wide receivers are, are doing their own thing, trying to get that chemistry going. How important is that right now to you developing that chemistry with some of those hitters? Yeah, it's, it's going to be huge this season, just with six new people, five freshmen and Merritt coming in. Um, we know we have a lot of work with connections, but that's exactly what our Brazil trip was for, was just to make those connections on and off the court. 
And I think we're in a really good spot with it, and we're going to keep working on it and trying to perfect it. But I think we're, we are in a really good spot with them. You know, I read a quote from your high school coach that talked about how you have this calm demeanor, you don't get frazzled, and, and your teammates kind of feed off of that. Where does that come from? How are you able to be that calming presence on the court? Um, I think it just has come from the fact that I've kind of always played up in volleyball, and so I really had to know how to control my emotions. Like, there was one tournament, I was 13, and I was playing on our 18s team. Wow. And I knew that if I got in my head, if I got all frazzled, whatever it was, that I was just not going to be able to perform. And so I think it ultimately started with that. And then once I kind of realized that that was my superpower, I really worked on it. I was very conscious of what I was doing, and I knew that everyone was kind of looking to me to bring calmness to the team when we were in stressful situations or bring energy to the team when we were down. And so I think that... It started from having to play with a bunch of older girls, but it also just kind of went from there, and I had to work on it a lot. Oh, that's awesome. So you played with the Team USA under-18, under-19 team, but then last fall you got a chance. You got called up to the U.S. women's national team uh, for the Pan Am Final Six. That's the Olympic-level team for the women's national team. What was that experience like, and what was that call like when you got that call? Yeah, so... My mom got a call at like 3.30 on a Thursday afternoon and she pulled me out of class. She called me down to the office. I was like, oh my gosh, what could this be? Because we get out of school like 10 minutes later. And I was like, she could have just waited, like what's going on? And so I got called down to the office and she was just like Michelle Chapman called who she had been my assistant the previous two times for USA. And she was like, the national team needs a setter. They got one out with COVID and they need you to come. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Like when? She's like, tomorrow morning. And so I was like, oh boy, okay. Um, but I immediately knew like this was the opportunity of a lifetime and um, I had to do it and I was super excited to go, but it was definitely stressful. I had to go get a bunch of shots, go get fill out a bunch of paperwork. And I ended up leaving at like 5.30 the next morning. Um, I met up with the girls in Miami and then we flew to the Dominican together. Um, which was definitely nerve-wracking because I was like, I'm the only one that they don't know, and this could be terrible. Like, they're all so much older. Are they going to like me? But everyone was super welcoming. It was so great, and I couldn't have had a better group of people around me. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The games were super fun. The Dominican had a great atmosphere, and especially when we were playing the Dominican, like, you couldn't even hear yourself think. It was so loud in there. And so it was the opportunity of a lifetime, and I – will forever get to say that I played with some of the best players in the country, and so it was really cool. It's amazing. A little taste of probably what you're going to get inside Devaney, right? Mm-hmm. Except they'll be cheering for you. Yeah, here. yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. If it's anything like that, it's going to be a good atmosphere. How much did you take away as a player from that experience? What did you learn in that regard? Um, I always say one of the biggest things I learned was, and one of the coolest things, was that setting really doesn't change much once you get older and once you get to an international level. Like, there's obviously different little tweaks, but... Um, I was talking with Tori Dilfer and she was the other setter on the team and it was just kind of cool to see like setting ultimately is the same and you just you have to get the ball to the right location at the right tempo and it'll work out but it was also cool to kind of see that we had the same struggles too she's like sometimes the haters aren't going to be there and they're going to tell you they want it higher but you know it's the right set so just keep setting that and so I was like oh like I have that too so it was just kind of interesting learning from her because she had five or six years of experience on me, but we were still kind of going through the same things. 
Very cool. So Jordan Larson was not on the team, right, then when you were no, playing. But no. she is competing with them now. So And then she, you just find out that she's going to be joining the coaching staff. How neat was that, being that you guys kind of share that same experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was so awesome. I mean, Jordan Larson's Jordan Larson. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't really say much else about her. She's amazing. And um, it's going to be definitely beneficial for our team just to have her knowledge, have her experience behind us. And she's played in those big matches. She knows how to handle it. And so I think it'll be really good for us. Very cool. Well, what what are some of the things that, I mean, you talk about attacking the weight room, but, you know, throughout the summer to, to be able to be poised to maybe make an impact immediately for this team, what, what are you focusing on? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just kind of nailing the fundamentals right now. Open gyms are all player-led. There's no coaches there. And so it's kind of just staying disciplined with all of those. Um, but, yeah, going into this season, I kind of just am trying to be a little more creative with my offense, get different routes, different hitters on different plays, whatever it is. I just kind of want to get a Nebraska offense going that will win us a national championship. Oh, fans will love to hear that. <laughs> I, I can't let you get out of here because I got to ask everybody about this. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard sold out, sold out Memorial Stadium that you're going to be playing in front of in August? Yeah, it, I just don't think it'll ever set in until we're actually <laughs> playing in it. But I mean, I just remember coach saying, like, we're going to play a stadium game. Like, we think we'll get 30 or 40,000 people. And we're like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. And then tickets go on sale, and they sell out in, what, like a couple hours a day, whatever it is. And, yeah, it's just it's unreal, the fan base that Nebraska has for women's sports. It's it's one of the main reasons why I came here. And I just I can't wait to experience it. Oh, I love it. Bergen Riley, appreciate your time. Great conversation. First of many interviews, I know yeah. it will be. So appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you so much. And Bergen Riley with Nebraska Women's Basketball Freshman Center out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Huskers Radio Network podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen. Never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.